you know how Jason sometimes will look at some of you in the crowd, just look in your eyes, he'll just focus on you? Well, he did that to me, and he challenged me. He said, I challenge you to start reading this book, and amazing things will happen. And I'm like, man, I like a good challenge. I never read a Bible. My Bible at home was like perfect, you know? <laughs> That's not how a Bible should look. Uh, it's amazing, too, how long this Bible has survived over the years. You know, we all hear this, you know, emperors, kings, people have tried to destroy it. It's still getting smuggled into countries, and the word of Jesus Christ, is, this gospel is getting spread, which is an amazing, amazing thing. And also, um, Scripture, I just want to talk briefly on, on the Bible. You know, in Timothy, it says, all Scripture is God-breathed. Not some Scripture, all Scripture is God-breathed. Again, I was one of those people, I thought, ah, man wrote this. It's not all true, so I can do what I want over here and do what I want over there. No, that's not the case. After reading it and studying it and feeling it and accepting Jesus in my life, you really understand every single word is true. Um, If God is big enough to create the heavens and the earth and the stars and the planets and the oceans and the fish and everything else and to create us, I feel he's big enough to create a love letter for us. That is really true, every single word in this book. I don't believe when we get to heaven one day, we're going to get there and God's going to say, great work, Um, but you know what? Some of that stuff you read just really wasn't true in the Old Testament. And some of that stuff Paul wrote, no. That whole love love your neighbor, you know, no. You could have told that guy to go take a hike (laughs) and steal his lawnmower too. (laughs) So, with that being said, the message that I have today is uh, growing toward the sun and this is, the reason I picked this is because Kim and Eric Bissonette, which I can honestly call them Jesus freaks in a great way because they are amazing people, they came to our house and we first started our walk and we opened our house up to a Bible study for three years. George was there all the time, tons of people, it was awesome, and they were so faithful of, of God, God would work through them to share the gospel with us. So here we go, growing towards the sun. And where we're at in this right now is, this is the day after Jesus fed the, the 5,000. And in most cases, people said realistically it was uh, ten to 12,000 women, men, boys, and girls. So there was quite a few things. That's pretty miraculous what he did with that little boy's lunch. Here we go. John 6.25. Jesus, the bread of life. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. In other words, Jesus is saying, you're here because I filled your belly. Back then, food was really hard to get in a lot of places. And they definitely didn't have any drive throughs or dollar menus like that. Number 27, Do not work for food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Just listen to that question. What must we do to do the work that God requires? They are looking for ways to grow towards him to do works, to grow towards God. Now get ready for one of the more frustrating answers Jesus 
is ever said. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent, meaning him, believe in me. Crowd says, they say, no, wait, we need works, we need something to do. What is this, the work of God that we trust, that we rely and we believe in you and we trust in you? This is a moment, this is a very significant moment. This is a moment of transitional truth from external to internal. External to internal. They are thinking and doing and working, and Jesus introduces trusting to them. That's it. Trust in me. Believe in me. 30. So they ask him, what miraculous signs then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? That's weird, because yesterday he just took a little boy's lunch and created a huge miracle and multiplied it and fed all these thousands of people. So they're like, what, what will you do? And he's like, I just did something. What more do you need? I mean, come on. Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but is the father who gives you true bread from heaven. So Jesus is saying, the law did not give you that supernatural bread. It was love. And you think it was Moses? And his 10 points to-do list, you think that's what got you the bread? It was love that got you the bread. It was love that got you the bread. But it is my Father who gives you this true bread from heaven. He says, you want to talk bread? I'm glad. I'd love to talk about bread. One of the reasons I fed you bread was to point you to the true bread, meaning himself. 33. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and you still do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given to me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all the gifts you've given us. We thank you for letting us come to church today and hear your word, Lord. I pray that our ears hear what they need to hear. I pray for any financial needs in this room be met, any, be met, any relationships needed to be healed, any marriages needed to be healed. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to talk a little bit, a couple of things. This message today um, is about growing closer to Jesus and how to move towards him by just letting him into your hearts, trusting him, believing in him, leaning on him. You don't have to do difficult things or say, I have done 
too much wrong in my life. It's never too late to let him in. Never too late. Um, there's people that I've talked to, and even myself, I've done a lot of wrong in my life. It's never too late to let Jesus into your life. We have so many people that will walk through these doors just through the work week. They're just wrecked. They're just falling apart. They're saying, man, I feel horrible. I've done this. And we're like, well, why don't you come check out a service, you know? And you're here for a reason. You came to a church. You didn't go to Publix. You didn't go to Winn-Dixie. You came here. And some of them really say, I've done too much. I've done too wrong. I can't. We're like, no, that's not the truth. It's never too late to get Jesus in your life. We all need to be persistent and try to read as much possible scripture. And I'm not saying quit your job, quit hanging around your family and read all day. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you just take some time and read. And I know a lot of you here, you're like, man, I'm already doing that. That's awesome. I know some of you that literally read two to three hours a day of scripture. That's amazing. But some of us, including myself, I wish every day I could pick up and read some scripture. And I don't. I come close sometimes, but just five minutes. Um, Start with five minutes because that five minutes of Scripture can change the other 23 hours and 55 minutes of your day. Five minutes. That's all I'm talking. I don't know what the odds are on that, if you you did some mathematical thing, but don't know. So many times, me, myself, I'll read a devotion a devotion, and I'll read it in the end of the day, or not for a couple of days, and I'll get in a situation during the day, and I'll just mess it all up. I'm, some, you know, I'm not acting Christian-like, didn't say what I should have said, but when you do have that scripture, as I said earlier, it's God-breathed. Timothy, Timothy said it's God-breathed. It comes alive. So I strongly recommend, as we're all growing towards God, just to Five minutes. We were going to do a skit, my family and I, and have them up here and sit at a table. We timed it at home. We, we did a Jesus Calling reading and literally took us about three minutes to read it. Then you get some scripture. Then we discussed it for about three, four minutes. Six, seven minutes a day. You, just, you can't go wrong if you do that. Um, so stay persistent and spend time with him. Trust in him. One, I got a story about persistence. Um, my wife, Mary... Years ago, um, Aloha Pet and Bird Hostel is where she works. Um, walked in, they had a sign, we need help, and she loves animals. You know, my, we joke all the time, when, if we all were to go at once and get to heaven, my wife's not going to be hugging us, she's going to be hugging all these animals, you know? <laughs> our, old, our dog that died years ago and stuff, because she, she's such a, she, she's a, a true blessing. Um, but anyways, uh, they said, we're looking for hire. There was a sign, so she left the apartment, went, filled out an application. Actually, they didn't even let her fill out an application because they were looking for experience, which makes sense. So she comes back, and she's bummed out, man. She's like, man, that was nice, but it just didn't work out. I said, that's okay. Let's be persistent. Go back again tomorrow. She's like, I'm not going back again tomorrow. They told me no. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not crazy. No is no. No is no. No. They're not going to... I have no experience. So after politely arguing with my wife the next morning, <laughs> lovingly arguing with her. I talked her in to going second time. She goes in the second day, and uh, I see the car come back, and she parked pretty quick and got out of that car pretty quick and was walking towards the apartment pretty quick. 
I'm like, oh. She comes in. She's like, they said no, and I can't believe you let me go back. <laughs> Made me go back. I'm like, I didn't make you. I'm asking you to go. Stay persistent. And she's like, what are you smoking while I'm gone anyways? <laughs> you, you, you know, you got to be crazy. They told me no, and I said, that's okay. Go back tomorrow. <laughs> She's like, no way I'm going back tomorrow. I said, just go back one more time. Let's, let's try this one more time because I knew she really wanted to be around animals. She's got a heart for animals. She loves animals. She goes back, third day. Comes back, parks in, and she got out kind of smiling. And I'm like, what happened? She's like, they're not going to officially hire me, but they're going to let me, since I'm coming around so much, they can't get rid of me. <laughs> They're going to let me try this out for a couple days and see what happens. Well, 21 years later, she's still there. She's still there. Um, the, the reason I shared that was just to let you all know we need to be persistent with God with our quiet time. Um, just spend some time with him. Read some of his words. There's something about reading this book when you read it. I can't explain it. It's a God thing. Uh, what we just read was Jesus telling them about the true bread in the scripture. He's telling them to grow towards him and build a relationship of trust. And we all, all of us have so many issues with trust, but obviously with God, there's no issues. You trust him. They asked, uh, they asked uh, us to give up steps or keys. To, they asked for steps or keys to a supernatural life. They're asking him, give us your 12 to, step, 12 to 10, 10 to 7 step program, because we all love those books that we read. Bang, seven steps, you're there. That's what they were looking for. They wanted steps and signs. Well, that's just humanity. We all want stuff like that. They said, give us signs that you're real. They want to do the works. And Jesus frustrates them all by saying, here's what you need to do is trust. Trust in me. Believe in me. You should still do things for other people. Don't get me wrong by saying all you need to do is trust. Yes, we still want to do things for people. We want to do God's work. We want to be his light. We want to shine. We want to help neighbors. Um, like this new Stevens Ministry program that we have, it's incredible because you've got uh, Stephen ministers, caregivers going into people's houses that don't even know them. They're committing to meeting with people they've never met just for an hour a day just to go love on people. So we still always want to do stuff like that. It's not just, oh, yeah, you know, I trust you. I'm good. Uh, so they say, prove it and show us another sign. Show us another sign like our forefathers ate the manna. This was a total setup. They walked right into it. It was a perfect setup by Jesus. They say, our forefathers ate bread that came down from heaven. So can you do something like that? You want to talk about bread? Jesus says, that wasn't Moses that gave you that bread. That was love. That was grace. That was mercy, he's telling them. And by the way, my father has sent the true bread, talking about him. I'm the true bread. He has sent the true bread. Bread that if you partake in, you will have everlasting life. Jesus becomes part of you when you eat something. When you, when you ingest him, when you, when you accept Jesus, he becomes part of you. It's just like if we all eat something, it becomes part of you. You put something in your mouth, it becomes part of you. Jesus is the true bread. 
Jesus is saying, in other words, he's like, hello, you're looking, you know, I'm right here. You don't have to look any further. Look at me. Look at Jesus. I'm right here. I'm your bread. We want signs and steps, but God offers a Savior. Amen to that. He gives us someone who we can trust, who we can spend our day with, who we can do the day with Jesus all day long, accepting him into our hearts. They were all asking for signs and works and things to do. And Jesus simply says, here's your work. Trust in me. Believe in me. Rely on me. Lean on me. Talking to the Jews, because he was talking to the Jews, and for many years, they were just all so used to being told what to do. You have to do this. You have to do that. To believe in God is to ingest him in you. We are not here today just to show up. You guys just didn't come here to show up. You came here to hear about Scripture. You came here to hear about God. You came here to feel the presence of God. And so many times we do. It's an amazing feeling, especially in worship. Hands up, you know, you're worshiping, the goosebumps. Some of us cry. We got the best band around, Anthony. Yeah, we do. Um, It's just, that's what we came here for, is to feel His presence. We came here for that. The metaphor of bread is so much different today than it was then. We eat bread everywhere now. You know, back, back then, it took a while to make bread. It was a process to make bread. We eat bread in our drive throughs We eat bread in the car. We eat bread on the beach. We eat bread in planes, trains, everywhere. We eat a lot of bread. <laughs> back then, bread had a quick shelf life reason it had a quick shelf life is because it wasn't all processed. It was made of natural things. Um, nowadays, there's so much preservatives in bread, in bread that it, it can last longer than most of our grandparents, <laughs> which that's a whole other story I could talk about is some of the food we eat. Um, but hey, food is food, right? Bread back then took longer to make. As I said, it was a process. So Jesus was saying to them, Relax in me. Partake in me. It's a process. It's an easy process, but you have to reach out to me. You have to seek me. And when you do, I will show up. I will be there for you. I will form a relationship with you. He was saying, you know, to relax, recline, slow down, digest him. They ask him, how about trust? How do you know to trust somebody? I mean, think about it. How do you know? Of course, we all know we can trust Jesus, um, but some people, you know, you, I've got some neighbors that moved in a year and a half ago, and after meeting them a couple of times, we're like, wow, these people are really cool. I think we can really trust them. They're going to be awesome, awesome couple. You know, some people you might look at, you don't know real well, and you think, man, they're weird. I ain't going to trust them. It's just something about them. I don't trust them, and some people, you know, we trust some people with our children, Mary and I, to watch them. They're not our children. They're God's children. He's just trusting us with them. So, again, Jesus is saying, trust in him. Trust in him. Real quick about my neighbors, um, Joe and Chrissy. For about, since he moved in, he kept talking about the Grant Seafood Fest. He kept saying, man, you got to come to this thing. And I kept saying, man, that's great, but I just don't want to drive way. It's way, way out there. I'm kind of selfish, and I like my little beach area. I kept saying to him, 
And I love it out there. Don't get me wrong. We had a blast. We, we did go, but I kept saying to him, hey, you got to come check out our church. So for months, we're saying, come to the Grant Seafood Festival, come to church. Well, one day, he just says, all right, it's next weekend. If you go to the Grant Seafood Festival, I will go to church the following Sunday. I'm like, no brainer. We'll go. And I knew I could trust him on that because he had that trusting capability. He showed up next Sunday, him and his wife. This has nothing to do about me. This is all about God. I'm not boasting. I'm boasting about the Lord, if anything. But they've been here now every single Sunday for like five months. They love it. You know? That's the power of the Lord there. That's the power of God. Uh, When you do let Jesus into your heart, you will understand the definition of trust. With me, God showed up one day because I kept knocking at his door, and I've trusted him ever since. Like I told you, I, I knew about God, but I never had a relationship with him. And once I start reading his word, once I start putting it in me, once I start putting the word in me, the relationship came forward, and it's, it's been a great, great time. Don't get me wrong, I still have my bad days. Ask my wife, she'll tell you. Um, my biggest thank you prayer is thank you, Lord, for letting her putting up with me. Um, but yeah, we still all have bad days. Um, it's, just, it's just life, you know. Jesus also said, I am the bread of life. This is the first I am recorded in the book of John. It's the first time in the book of John where he said, I am, I am the bread of life. This is very significant. Later he says, I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd and many more. But again, he starts the first I am. I am the bread of life. He says all these I am's. This begins with internalizing and ingesting of him. Mary and I have two beautiful girls, as I told you. Let's talk about intuitive. When our kids are born, they come out, they're real tiny, they don't know how to do nothing. They literally rely on us, right? We have to feed them, we have to give them a bottle, we have to change their diapers, we've got to change their poopy diapers. We've got to do all these things. But as they, as they get a little bit older, and they start to get head control, and they start to eat a little food, you know, you're no longer giving them the bottle. You sit them in, in one of those chairs. They strap you in, and, you know, their head's kind of, and they're, you know, you got a little piece of bread, or you got a little Cheerio, or a little banana or something. You know, they're like, and they're trying to, and when they get it, they automatically know what to do with it. They put it in your mouth. Not their ear. <laughs> not up their nose. Although some do, I'm sure. Mine probably have too, but for the most part, that's the way they were built. You, you put it in. You put it in you. Like, just like we're supposed to put Christ into us, into our lives. I want to talk just briefly again about praying. Um, pray as much as you can to build your relationship with Jesus. Take some time, because again, that five minutes can change the next 23 hours and 55 minutes of your day. It has with me so many times. Um, We go to a a really cool gym, Trinity Fitness, and they have a devotional and prayer before every workout. I mean, that's amazing. You know, it's an amazing thing to do, and 
I go there not just for the workout, but for that alone, because there's days, like I said, where I just, I'm going through the day, and I know I can go there, and I know I can get Scripture read to me, and it's an amazing place. We don't know why some prayers are answered and why some are not. He's the Father. Um, We don't know His ways. Some are answered quick. Some are answered not so quick. I literally prayed for 10 years for a prayer to get, for several prayers to get answered, things that I was doing in my life um, that I should not have been doing, things of this world that I should not have been doing, people I was hanging around, I should not have been hanging around. And that was before I started reading my Bible. Um, as soon as I got into the Word and accepted Jesus Christ in my life, I woke up one morning and he just, he just took them. It was amazing. Just took them. Just took them. Um, I, I'm praying too. I think we should all pray, pray with people. It's powerful. Pray with your family. Pray with your spouse. Pray out loud. Um, another little thing I'd like to share with you is um, when we first started coming to church and we were on our walk with Christ, um, we had this thing called family time. There was about 75 to 100 people in the church then. It was one service. It was at the Hilton and family time before Jason preached, we'd all get in circles, like 10, 15 people, hold hands, and we'd pray out loud. And my daughter one day, Lucia, she says, um, we used to smoke cigarettes. Okay, we smoked cigarettes. And uh, Lucia one day says, uh, I don't want to go to the Little Rippers. I want to come pray with you guys. So we're like, we had no idea what she was about to do. Because if I did, I probably wouldn't have let her. She's like, oh, um, come on, pray with you. We're like, oh, how sweet. She wants to read. We, were, we just got our badges, you know, the Way Church, John Bellavo, Greeter. I thought, woohoo, you know, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so we get in this circle. We're all holding hands, and uh, Lucia starts praying, Lord, Father God, I pray that my mother and father quit smoking them cigarettes. <laughs> you talk about red-faced. I'm talking, woo. We had no choice. We had to quit. We'd go somewhere. Hey, you smoke a cigarette? Your daughter's saying you're going to die, man. You can't put that weight on her. But her prayer was answered. But she prayed on it for a while. She gave up. She was persistent. She never gave that prayer up. Eden prayed too. Eden prayed. Both my children prayed for both of us to quit smoking. And it's been about five years now. Um, it's been about five years, and um, it's been amazing. All right, I'm on my first point, and y'all are probably saying, wow, what the heck? So much time has gone by. These are going to go really quick, I assure you. We'll be done here in about 10 minutes. Um, growing towards the sun. Fill yourself with his word, Mark 7, 27. First let the children eat all they want. He told her, for it is not the right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. What's going on here is Jesus, uh, he meets with this Greek woman. Her daughter's demon-possessed. She's totally demonized. And the woman's pleading with Jesus to heal her daughter. She's totally demonized. She's like, Jesus, I need your help. I know you've done miracles. Please heal my daughter. Jesus says to her, let the children be filled first. Let the children be filled first, meaning partake in him, understand him. He 
just called his message and his ministry the children's bread. And he just called the gospel children's bread. Let's jump to Mark 10, 15. Second point, have a childlike faith. Mark 10, 15. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. These children are coming to Jesus. Jesus is preparing to put his hands on them and bless the children. The disciples shoo the children away. Jesus was very displeased. It's very rare you'll hear about Jesus being displeased, but you don't want to shoo children away from him. Um, This is one of the incidents where he was very upset. And again, you will very rarely hear Jesus being upset in the life of his ministry. And don't forbid them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Listen to, the, listen to his next words. As surely I say to you, make no doubt about it. What I tell you is the truth. And whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will not get it. Unless you receive, unless you receive me, my children, my children, I'm talking about me now, could not even put bread in their mouth. But intuitively, they knew because they were wired, like I keep saying, we're wired. We are wired. You hear Jason talk about DNA all the time. We were wired to have Jesus in our life. Don't you know that creation and all that we know was made to put here? We were wired this way. We were all wired to put Jesus in us. This is something on the inside of us that is reaching out for him, growing towards him, to go in the direction of him. It's just there. Again, we were all built, and it's, in, it's, it's intuitive. That we don't complain about it. We just don't need, to, we don't need to complain about it. Don't make it difficult. It's really quite easy. Grab your Bible, read it, and accept, you know, just start accepting Jesus and, and read his word. Digest Jesus. Receive Jesus. That's where the power is. That's where the maturity is. That's where the growth is. That's where the development is. That's where life begins, accepting Jesus into your, into your heart. You can partake of him because we were wired for this. I believe every human is pre-wired, even the ones who say they don't believe in God. I don't believe that. I just mean personally. I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying I don't believe that. I believe everybody believes in God. We've... Y'all, you've heard people, you've seen it, people that say, I'm not a believer, and all of a sudden they start reading the Bible and hanging out with people, next thing you know, they're raising their hand, they're accepting Christ. I believe that. It's, it's in all of us. Just like you were wired to eat food, to put stuff in your mouth before you could even think, walk, or talk. You know, you knew you needed nutrition. It was just there. Last point. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Paul is not talking about infancy. He's not talking about physical childhood. He's talking about spiritual childhood. He's talking about pre-Jesus. He's talking about pre-gospel. He's referencing his days when he trusted and tried to do things on his own 
As I said earlier, man, when I try to do things on my own, I fall flat on my face every single time. You do it with the Lord, it's a lot better. He's talking about how he needed to mature as a Christian, and when he became a man, he put away his childish thinking. Things like law mentality, works mentality, doing it on my own mentality. He's actually referencing becoming a child again. He became a man when he took the children's bread. Now I will grow towards him. My passion for my family is we want to grow in Jesus. My passion for you all is to grow in Jesus. My passion for this community and all the churches around here. For people to grow in Jesus. Not to just go to church, church to check the box. I used to do that. I was just, okay, I went, I'm good, woo. That's my passion, is we want everybody to invite Jesus into your hearts. I really want to know Jesus. I want to be more like him. I pray that we all be more like him, act like him. Of course, we can't be him. He's Jesus Christ. I'd like to look like him if I could, but I'm 49 years old, and I still can't grow a beard. (laughs) I get these ball spots, and it it just don't look good. It ain't right. My wife and my kids are like, Daddy, you need to shave. So, all of y'all, let's just all pray for that. Just pray to all, all of us, just to be more like Jesus. And with that, let's close and dim the lights. All heads bowed, please. Everything we just talked about today, um, just hearing God's gospel, again, His word is so good. We thank you, Father, for letting us be in this building for making our minds, telling us we're going to go to church today. If there's anybody here today that would like to accept Jesus into your life, or even if you want to rededicate your life, or if you want to even say, you know what, I want to start praying more. I really want to try five minutes a day. If that's you in here, I'm going to count to three. And I just ask, just everyone, just raise your hand and would like to do that on three. One, two, three. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Tons of hands going up. This is incredible. Thank you. Let's pray. And uh, this prayer is for anybody in here that if you did raise your hand uh, to be to give your life to Jesus and dedicate it to Jesus, go out to the tent. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sins and save me from eternal separation from God. By faith, I accept your work and death on the cross as sufficient payment for my sins. Thank you providing, for providing the way for me to know you and to have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Through faith in you, I have eternal life. Thank you also for hearing my prayers and loving me unconditionally. Please give me the strength and wisdom and determination to walk in the center of your will. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you all. Thank you.